Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Miami Nice. It's 11.47 on a Saturday night. Is it 40? Is it 17 or 47? I don't think I ever get the time. Right. It's 11.47. 47. Okay, good. I just, I just watched it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have convened again on the rooftop against a purple sky mm. to talk about this movie <laughs> and once again on the rooftop my partner in podcasting blake howard how are you blake oh i'm a fiend katie i'm a fiend for this podcast i'm a fiend for talking about this movie it is just like a comfort blanket we just come up to this roof we rip into we absolutely rip into agent fujima on the phone um and i'm just excited i'm excited to be here um, we have a great guest today, a guest who is very near and dear, close to my heart. I, I first met this guest uh, when I was his teacher <laughs> at Chapman University Wow! for a class called Practices of Writing About Film. Little did I know he was a film Twitter scamp, a lo- beloved character uh, who has a wonderful uh, appreciation for Al Pacino and the Ronin lifestyle. Yeah, dude. And uh, he goes by the handle Responsible Rob. I know him as Robert Franco. Welcome, Rob. Thank you for doing this today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I am thrilled to be here on the rooftop. <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a good rooftop to be on. Um, 
And I would love if you could also just, you know, plug the many amazing things that I taught you in that class, including the magic of Keanu Reeves in speed. Well, I, oh, oh yeah. Well, you know, we would have to do a whole new podcast series about what we learned in that class. Let me yes. tell you. This, but, this uh, podcast yeah. is the, a class, the, Rob. The, 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 you're right. But uh, the last day of class, Katie was like, all right, we're getting pizzas, we're getting snacks, and we're going to watch speed. It was awesome. I serve. I serve the she new She serves generation. the people. Yeah. Um, I do also remember that, like, I think when we first, like, kind of bonded and, like, like real life and Twitter life met was, like, one day you came up to me and you taught you. Um, I told you, you that Lex G unlocked his account and you could follow. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, I was, like, I had tweeted something, like, I wish I could follow Lex G and you could. Uh, I, was like, like, Katie, I was like, Katie, I was like, Katie, he's unlocked. <laughs> Get in on it. And you know what? That has brought me so much entertainment and joy. That was, well, can, can I just tell you, that's one of those things, you know, you, you talk to certain people, whether you like see like went throughout your life, you know, when you're in kindergarten, you see like someone has the lunchbox of the show you like, and you come up to them and be like, I'm also a fan. And you know, like if I, the second I say this, I'm in. The second I knew that I, if I go be like, look, Lex is unlocked, she'd be like, this kid, this kid's cool. This kid's lifelong, good. lifelong friendship unlocked. Um, oh. Yeah, which is sort of how I feel like Miami Vice works in yeah, this universe. Uh, truly, this is how uncomplicated life is. You know, I think some people really overcomplicate shit. And kindergarten kids, like kids in primary school, that's all it takes. They've got the lunchbox, and it's like, hey, we should be friends, huh? Like, yeah, and and it just it is. And that's, that's why that's why I am a big um, spokesperson for going baby mode. I think we need to be back to being babies. <laughs> baby mode. Go baby mode, all Girl. Disney, all the time. <laughs> you haven't lived unless you've had 12 beers and then thrown on Finding Nemo. That's that's the lifestyle I live by. But yes. uh, we can talk <laughs> about that for a different podcast. <laughs> These are your um, like life hacks. Like I feel like you need to write like a lifestyle book because sometimes you. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't. No, no, no. no. I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. You need to. The lifestyle is how to be a really deeply upset, not well-adjusted person. <laughs> Rob, you've you've got to write those. Abs absolutely sincerely try and find the templates because i feel like everyone has a template these days of like just inspirational life quotes but it is yeah i gotta be like, i gotta be like like an andrew tate type i got the cigar <laughs> bro i'm like look you gotta watch bambi otherwise women won't respect you <laughs> <laughs> no like those like um like i feel like in the 90s it was those um oh, oh yeah, yeah like in like the those uh yeah yeah i know what you're talking like about a, like a picture of an ocean and then it'd yeah, be like, yeah and then hang in there <laughs> and then yeah, like yeah. the way to be is to like let the waves crash over you and don't yeah, get, yeah. Don't, don't drown whatever who, jack whatever his name was um you can just put some of those quotes i actually did that when i was recapping true detective season two digression i uh made a bunch of like fake uh inspirational poster quotes with but they're all rust cole 
Yeah, well, no, there are no True Detective season two was all. Oh, okay. Oh, um, Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell quotes. Oh, well, when wow. he when he's berating the child the children and calling them gay slurs. I need to find those. I need to find those. They were. Uh, doesn't I he do that? Him. Doesn't he beat up his son's bully? Like at no, one no, point, he, he, he threat he threatens. He threatens, him. but doesn't Does he it... give him like a titty twister or something? Yeah. Well, it's, I'm it's... Pre- <laughs> I don't know. We're in the weeds. True, We're in the weeds. True Detective season two is a fucking dream, man. It's like it's a favorite dream where you're like, is what is it? Yeah, I, I I watched the the first episode of that season. I was like, I'm good. But now <laughs> now I would love it probably. You yeah. should actually watch it. I should it. watch no, it. You would love it. You would really love it. I think okay. I think a lot of us would go back and just be like, that's the problem is sometimes you miss a show or whatever and then there's just a glut of trash and you go back to something and you're like, Look how good we had it, huh? We had it yeah. so good. We didn't even know. Yeah. I, I I did not take it seriously at the time. I think in the zone that I'm in now, I would enjoy it a little mm. bit more, but oh, it's Bobby. not perfect. I feel like every actor in that movie, in that show is like in a different movie. Like they, yeah. none of them are in the same thing, but what? they're doing their best. I'm, so, someone will try and tell me that Taylor Kitsch and Colin Farrell were in the same show, and I just still to this day don't believe them. Even IMDb is right in front of my eyes. So I'm like, <laughs> what show were they both in? I know, like, I know. And Rachel McAdams. Uh, Rachel McAdams, Rachel. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we've already gone on a digression, uh, yeah. which is which like are welcome six. here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to get to the heart of the matter. Uh, tell us about your relationship with Miami Vice and how you got into it. I know I didn't show it to you for the first time, so there must no, have been no, someone. No. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I think I was I was starting to like really seriously get into Michael Mann stuff. Uh, but my my history with Michael Mann is the the first one I ever saw. I saw Public Enemies in theaters mm. as a, a a young lad at like wow. twelve years old. And I think it was an empty theater and I was with a babysitter of some sort. Um, and yeah. What an assignment. What an assignment. Little baby responsible rough just sitting there. Because that's, cause that's what enemies. I wanted to fucking see. All oh, right. So I said, oh, you I'm taking, no, that's I'm what taking I mean. the movie. That's what I mean, Katie. I was like, you're taking me to the along. movie. Yeah. I say, I say, and then I hand them 20 bucks to say, hey, go get a soda. <laughs> Leave me alone. I got. I got to watch. I got movies to watch. No. So it was. <laughs> How did you even decide on Public Enemies at the age? Like, it was cool. Okay, Katie, you got. You got. You got. You got Johnny okay. Depp, who was still cool at the time, and he's got the cover of him at the gun. I mean, what twelve-year-old wouldn't see that and be like, "I'm. I'm having that." <laughs> you came out of the womb like this, Rob. Katie, you 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 got to realize I, uh, I at age eleven I was trying my best to memorize all of Scarface just for fun, yeah. just as something to do. <laughs> Wait, Blake, what were you gonna say? I was just gonna say like I've got a sister, my my brother and sister. My brother is eight years older than me. My sister is six years older than me, so she would have been like eighteen years old when I was twelve, obviously. So I know exactly what. Rob's talking about because my sister used to work like when she one of her first jobs out of high school she was a travel agent and like some days my mom and dad would be working and 
my sister would go, I'll come to come to the like the the basic the mall, the shopping center where I work, and I would make her go and buy me movie tickets to movies that I wasn't allowed to go to, and I would go to the movies all day. Like I would just nice. leave, yeah. and she'd just go, "Can you come back after each one and just check in on me?" So I know you're alive. I'm like, "Yeah, sure," but I'd be like, "That one, that one," and. Yeah, she yeah. had no idea what it was. She'd buy all the tickets. She'd give me some money for a snack and then she'd leave and go to work all day and I would go and see it. So it's just so funny. It just brought back this like really crisp memory of me, you know, probably seeing like a couple of random movies and then having two hours and going, oh, can you just buy one to the Spice Girls movie as well? Because I couldn't get into anything <laughs> else at the time. Nothing else lined up. Had a very funny couple of movie marathons. Thanks to courtesy oh my of my sister's day job at the time. Oh man, that's so, so funny, bro. So back to Public Enemies, okay. though. So I saw that like as like a twelve-year-old. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know who any of the players were, other than Johnny Depp and uh, Christian Bale. And then, and then I think in high school, I watched Heat for the first time. Not not because I knew it was directed by some genius auteur, just for Pacino De Niro. Yeah. And at the t- time, I think I. I didn't really realize what was, I just thought it was like a dumb action movie. And then that scene, you know, the cough, I was like, that's good. And then the other stuff, it works. Yeah, I didn't really quite understand what I was watching. And then, um, then I got in college, I was like, oh no, this movie is like the best movie ever. Watched Collateral. And then uh, I think the next one would have been Miami Vice. And that that was probably like when I started getting into Letterboxd and then seeing people be like, no, this movie's actually awesome. Like this movie <laughs> that was hated at the time, you know, that whole cult discovering, oh no, people love Speed Racer and love Miami Vice. And I, you're actually the idiot if you don't get it. That's yeah. when I started kind of discovering that whole subgroup of people. Um, and then I watched Miami Vice and I was like, yeah, this is great. Wait, so how long have you been on Letterboxd? Yeah, 2015. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I know. I actually Trailblazed. got on Letterboxd because the class after I after Roberts convinced me to get on. <laughs> so that was 2020. Um, I was like, should I do this? And they were like, yeah, do it. So that's my students made me do it. But no, I love Letterboxd because also um, when you just like passively write a movie, you can get dragged on Twitter by like, you know, prominent filmmakers making shows, um, animated shows about Scott Pilgrim because you rated Under Siege 2 too low in their opinion, which... Uh, well, which okay, was- I, I then I got to defend them on that because you probably did rate it too low. <laughs> what did you What did you give Under Siege 2, I think I gave it two and a half. I think I gave it two and a half. All right, see, that, ben, that's why ben you got to not do upset. ratings. That's yeah. why you got to not do ratings. You either go no like like and then five stars just yeah. so people know the barometer of what is i i stopped doing ratings time. i just do reviews um and and i've and I, I think i've stopped for the most part i will just forget doing ratings i'm like yeah i watched that i just need to know like, yeah just to catalog my insanity when it comes to consuming uh media as opposed to that but yeah it's a, it's we gotta love letterbox that's great but no it's so funny like it, it is like a true subcultural connection where you say and then there's like the people who will change a poster and you're like okay this is a really this is community this is a community mm-hmm. of weirdos i like it yeah 
You had some thoughts before we started recording about the uh, poster changing option on Letterboxd. Oh yeah, well my my thoughts are uh, that that has been an interesting feature just because it's it's given me insight of what certain people's tastes are, and and you know what if you certain posters if you make the cover art something bad i'm just like okay i've lost all respect for you <laughs> and not not just on cover art just in life in general you just probably <laughs> we probably don't see eye to eye on certain things i don't think i pay enough for that that ability no, to change and, the poster. and you know what good <laughs> i pay for the like i do too i do pro too or whatever that's worth it to me. I love the stats. I love not having Yeah, you got to have the stats. You got to have, gotta stats. have the stats. Got to have yeah. stats. Yeah, no, it, it's it's too good. Once they give you like a little taste, you're like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in. Um, I'm, I would say this though, Rob. Well, speaking very specifically about Miami Nice, uh, uh, on Miami Nice, about Miami Vice, there are some really cool teaser posters Yes. For Miami Vice, very specifically, one I'm thinking of in particular is the Sunny and Isabella. Poster. No law, no order. The no law, no order. Like the no. Those okay, now I'm, I'm now I'm I'm looking at the I'm Google. I'm doing a quick Google search. So there's like the teaser posters that are great of the individual characters. Oh, those are but those are good. Those are good like yeah. official art. Yeah, yeah. I'm, ta I'm talking about like the bullshit like, like. I, I haven't seen this, but like if I saw someone change the Reservoir Dogs poster to like a box of crayons, I'd be like, <laughs> okay, you're no longer in high school. Oh. <laughs> this can't be considered cool to you anymore. <laughs> do they have unofficial posters on Letterboxd as options? Yes, like, uh, yes, oh. they so, do. So it's one of and the some of them are really, really bad. Oh. It's just the worst graphic design ever. <laughs> and then... Certain people are like, I like this. This is cool. <laughs> I think it's also a reaction to the absolutely terrible fucking uh, thumbnails that are on every streaming service where like, like one of my, obviously one of my favorite films is Zodiac. And there's a terrific teaser poster of the original Zodiac, which is like the Golden Gate Bridge and the fog and Zodiac and the tagline in the movie. And mm. what they've decided to do on Netflix is just take three float weird like marvelized floating head versions of robert danny jr jake gyllenhaal and mark ruffalo and just plug it on top of that like and obscure that image and like that's the poster for zodiac and you're like there are like 40 fucking amazing official posters of zodiac and you chose that one you chose like mm -hmm. you decided to photoshop this shit jesus christ netflix wake up to yourselves the floating heads <laughs> poster design is so bad Ugh. and like last night another digression of going on i watched rewatched they shoot horses don't they mm. um in preparation for uh bleak week at american cinema tech and nice. that movie made me feel so awful it is probably the bleakest american movie <laughs> ever made i hadn't seen it in yeah. a decade so i was like oh my god i forgot this is so intense and then i look i was looking at the posters and it's like a floating Jane Fonda head and like a floating head of Michael Slizer in it. And like, it's like, looks like a romance. And you're like, no, dude, this is as far from the tone as you're going to get. It's like, sometimes you get these really bleak, upsetting movies and they try to be like, here's Juliet Binoche's head. And you're like, no, it's the lovers on the bridge. It's about two homeless people who fall in love. Like, yeah. It's 
really intense. It's so not I, quirky. No, it's not a quirky romance. So the floating this heads. Has, this doesn't have Zoe Deschanel in it. It's it's not. This is not right. what you're looking for. It's like if they. And if it opinion. did, if it did, it wouldn't end good for her. Let me tell you. <laughs> It's like if they made a Miami Vice poster and it'd be like all the floating heads and it looks like, you know, it's like Gong Lee and Colin Farrell like looking off into the distance, which actually might actually get at the, the romantic aspect. It would probably yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but when you saw Miami Vice, like, I mean, were, you were already all in on... on... I, was all, I was all in and, and like, I'm, I'm the type of person where like, if I really respect an artist, even if I don't quite get the movie... I trust that they are smarter than me and I will eventually get, get to their level. If I it like, it'll just click one day and I'll be like, yeah, this is amazing. But Miami vice, I already liked from, from the get go. And then over time, it's really like in the last two years, it's just something that I put on. Like I need the first 30 minutes. That's it. And then yes. I can go, go about my day. Well, I saw you rewatched it and rated it five stars on Letterboxd last night. Oh yeah, so. oh yeah. No, it, it's been it's been in the fives for for a couple years now. Good, yeah. we like to hear it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's 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 so funny that it's like it, you need you need those movies in your roster though for as many movies as we collectively watch. And knowing your Twitter, it's like even though, and it's sort of sad to say because the app kind of. Whenever I hear about people who give great Twitter and then they wean themselves off for their own health, I'm happy for them. But I'm also like, could Rob be on more? Yes, he could be on more. The trick is to post harder. Do, do, I'm like, I'm you like, gotta post harder. Do I want? Do I want all the notifications? Yes, I do. You know, like I'm gonna flag it. You know, like let's just notify me when you're on one. Like that's there's certain people, like Rob. I'm like, oh, he's on right. Yes, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Did, through this yeah. Thread. Did you see me getting into it with the Clint Eastwood account? A couple weeks ago, oh, no, you know how I there don't. are all these, there are now all these fake Clint Eastwood accounts, and uh, but one is is hell bent on proving that they are authentic, <laughs> even though they are clearly not. <laughs> they claim to be someone who works with Clint, and um, and they're like, I'm proving that that I work with Clint, and I just was like, show us his cock then, and then they got really <laughs> mad at me. And then they're like, what are you fucking gay? And then like, it's just like all this. It became like a whole thing between me and the Clint Eastwood account. You're fighting good. misinformation online. Is what you're I know. Okay? I know. Yeah. Katie's like Truth a, and Katie's consequences. Like a, Katie's like a therapist. You know what you're doing, huh? Yeah. You're fighting. You're, you're just drilling down into... You know, I'm one of those therapists who ena enables people, but it's like, yeah. you're, you're drilling down, you're finding out the truth. You're, you're combating, you know, imposters on Twitter, on Elon yeah. Musk's Twitter. <laughs> exactly. Um, back to Miami Vice though, which I watched this morning and, uh, I always, I always forget Justin Thoreau is in this movie mm. and I always, I love how little he does and how, how much he does with his little he does because yes. he's just in the background chewing fucking gum and he'll say one word and you're like hell yeah justin Thoreau. <laughs> you, you just saved the mission dude yeah no we love in the shootout when he like does his little role the, like, oh my god that right. i remember the first time i watched the movie when he went watching 
him get his leg shot out and then he does the roll. I was yeah. like, this is yep, yep. And, that's and, that's movies, baby. And and it's such a Michael Mann thing, but like then taking off his very stylish belt, his belt, his belt, and then, and then tourniquet in his own leg, then rolls and then just starts firing again. And you're like, yep, yeah, this movie, yep. this movie gets it. It absolutely yep. gets what cool is. This is what it is. You can't, you can't, you can't teach people this. People just have instincts for like, this is going to be totally right. And I love, um, especially because Thoreau's like a writer, also an actor, obviously like, like, and came up as an indie filmmaker. I love when a kind of like director slash director tangent just pops in and like makes something insanely better. A very, a big comfort movie of, of mine recently is the, um, 2012 Jack Reacher, and I just love everything. Like when I see Werner Herzog in that movie, I just can't even believe it. I still don't believe yeah. it. It's like 2023. I just, I'm like, I fucking, it's Werner Herzog, guys. It's the fucking coolest movie of all time. He's the villain. <laughs> yeah. It's the best as soon as you see his face. So um, friend of the pod, former guest, Corey um, Everett, who made the cinephile game. And he made this uh, additional pack called like the action pack or something. It has a card with Werner Herzog in it and from jack reacher and um i got to give Werner a copy of the game with his card in it and like show it to him because i had oh i bet i bet he year. was thrilled i bet he's he like, like okay thank he, you i bet he was like i can't wait this looks amazing he you is just he not is uh about things like he's that. a very bavarian uh temperament <laughs> very uh. bavarian <laughs> But he's a lovely guy. He's a very oh, sweet I believe guy. it. Of course. <laughs> I believe it. But he also talking to him is like exactly what you think. Like you're just like, why am I listening to Werner Herzog like describe the process of how to hypnotize a chicken right now? <laughs> yeah. Like it just no, like, he, every... he he used to come to Chapman uh oh, really? for like pretty regularly. I, I saw him speak twice and it's like he's gone there to talk about film and stuff. And and I just, I remember at one point he was talking about bees and he was like, <laughs> the, the bumblebees are dying. And it was like, it was like the world is coming to an end because the bees it's just like yeah. went off for 10 minutes about bumblebees. Sounds and, like yeah. it. Yes. Yeah. It's on brand. It's on brand. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that is a good point that whenever you have like a, a filmmaker um, in a, in a film, it, 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 there's a certain level of comfort or something there. Yeah. Like Sidney Pollack, whenever he's in anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely rules. Another movie I just recently rewatched, Michael Clayton, classic. Yeah. Yes. That my Michael Clayton, Miami Vice are are kind of movies that for me lately that those two and uh, Silence of the Lambs has been a big one of like they're they're they've been my lately go to just throw it on for thirty minutes just to get a little taste in the background. <laughs> like, like, like Silence of the Lambs, I, I watched the, for the first time in my life, like maybe 10, 12 years ago. And I didn't revisit it until like two years ago. And since then, I've watched it like six times in the last two years, just because got to have a little taste of it. And Miami Vice is like that, where it's like one day you'll just be thinking about Colin Farrell just be being like 1147, you know, just that little gesture of the, of him looking at his watch or, 
or fucking I, I've been re-watching uh, Eastbound and Down lately. Mm. And John Hawks, who plays Alonzo, yes. it's so funny to see him in Eastbound and Down. Because he's hilarious in in that show. And yeah. watching going from that and then him just the down on his luck CI who walks into traffic. It's pretty it's nuts. John, John he's a, such a tragic figure, yeah. John Hawks, like I, I I'm such a monstrous fan of Deadwood. So like the fact uh-huh. that Soul Star, who's like such a, you know, stoic moral compass in an amoral world that that is, and then he just walks in front of a truck, that fucking hurt. And then you see him when yeah. he's kind of down, you're like, this guy can do anything. He's fucking awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's absolutely this, awesome. Uh, there was a, a, a Twitter prompt going around, and not to like talk too much about Twitter, but we spend so much time on there. But sure, it was like, you know, who is an actor that when you see them they instantly elevate uh a pick uh, a movie that they're in and i think john hawks is one mm. i think the entire cast oh, is all the cast of miami john ortiz <laughs> john, ortiz. john ortiz we love Every time. john ortiz who's doing just the best accent he, I, was, just I was just that, gonna say as a kid he's so good memorizing scarface he must be your guy in this movie he's not in scarface he's in uh carlito no 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 i mean he just the accent just the, oh, just, oh, just just the vibe the, just the vibe, the vibe. yeah, yeah of course of course i'm sorry like, I, he, I, 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 i'm ready walked, to get 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 upset i was like if, uh different movie <laughs> but if he waltzed into scarface he would be like yeah oh yeah no yet. for sure he's a he's yeah. a he could be a character that is in this of world course. absolutely yeah he could just be just drop jose euro in the background of scarface <laughs> yeah <laughs> no he, he he you could you could make a movie called son of scarface and it would be Jose Hierro. Yeah. Oh my God. Let's do it. Uh, the, come on. Now we're cooking. <laughs> now we're, we're cooking. Now we're getting some sequel material. Yeah. Oh. Miami Vice 2, Son of Scarface. Son of Scarface. <laughs> Straight to DVD. Digitally de age Jose Hierro, for God's sake. Let's do it. Get him in the volume over at Disney. We don't even need uh, Michael Mann to do it. We can just get Michael Mann's. We can get Justin oh, Lieberman to do it. But he was, yeah, well, that was out of the question. We weren't <laughs> even thinking about that. <laughs> no. Uh, I was going to say one of his cinematographers, but they're too, too big of legends to to make yeah. it the straight to DVD Miami Vice sequel, Son of Scarface. I, I, should, I should hope they have better things cooking. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure they do. But you know what? You just did talk about forging a friendship on the back of speed and that is a very famous john mctiernan cinematographer oh, yeah. who just bounced it's straight to the director's chair to make another action stone cold action classic it's true it's i true. love yeah i love yanni to bond anything he does <laughs> uh anytime i see something where i'm like this movie just looks so good and then i'm like yonder bond shot it yeah, there's just course. billowing smoke and red yeah, lights everywhere <laughs> <laughs> i love what you're um, talking about though Rob, with gestures because i as a guy, um, as a bearded man, I often think about like, I'll, I'll take a drink when I'm out with friends and then I, I, I instinctively go to wipe liquid from my face. And I remember like Sonny just pouring away mojito out of his handlebar mustache yeah. with Isabella. And I had like, in just a second, I'm like, I am Colin Farrell. Like I am. Brother, I, I am. brother, I had a, I had an ice cream cone yesterday. And I, I looked disgusting, and I was just like, hell yeah, dude. I'm, 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 I'm sunny, baby. 
You need to go handlebar. You guys both yeah. have to go handlebar mustache for at least a day. I'm, 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 reco I'm recovering from a goatee uh, thanks to a friend's uh, Bucks weekend. What do you call it? Uh, what do you guys call it? Oh, bachelor. Bachelor. bachelor part. Part. Yeah, bachelor. What do you, why do, what do you call it? I, I'm recovering from a goatee. So it's like, no, but a box party? What, 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 yeah, what box. is that? It, that's just an, I don't know. It's an, I don't know whether it's Australian it, it's or European. <laughs> like, because I think it was like stag night and then it turned into bucks. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. stag night, bucks. So yeah, it, it and yes. The, isn't the bachelorette the hen do? Hens, yeah, hens. Yeah. Hens night. <laughs> yeah. The so stag turn into bucks. Yeah, stag turn into bucks. And all then, right, all right. Yeah, and then it's hens. <laughs> okay. Don't so worry everyone... about it. Australia's fucking backward, man. It's really no, fucking backward. It's backwards. You're not. We're worse. <laughs> um, so, Rob, I uh, did say to you that one thing we've been talking about recently on the show is ideal Miami Vice double features. Mm -hmm. You said you tested one out last night, a triple feature. Oh, yeah. Fact. I did a triple so how, feature. Um, how did it... Well, so... uh, what are the results? What have you done? Oh, it was great. I... I, I... It was good. So, so first of all, when I was thinking about this question, I was thinking about how there are some obvious choices uh, you could go with. Because I feel like um, one, uh, like a movie like this, where it's like got that vulgar artist type of thing going on, very popular amongst the uh, the young generation of film Twitter letterbox community you could take another director like that who is also kind of a similar machismo formalist type of filmmaker like tony scott i feel like is often yeah. compared to michael mann and that to me that's boring that's yeah. that's not a fun thing to do and then but, i i was thinking uh, what what's up but what tony scott movie because i love tony um well so if you were if you were gonna do that it wouldn't be like it, it, probably man on fire yeah just because the formally what he's doing you could draw comparisons like you could tell both movies they're just shooting the shit out of everything yeah mm -hmm. uh, man on fire and, is another, and then, man on fire is another script like miami vice i imagine if you read it on paper well it probably it's, does it's, not it's, look it's, at it's, all it's, it's it's yeah in your mind's eye there probably like, is no script like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's completely um, straight up and down so I think that would be a good one. And then I, I'm trying to think, what were some of the other ones that are like, that's boring? Uh, well, I don't I know, would, but then, I, I, I don't know. But well, but, Bay, but then- Bay would be another Bay, one, right? Bay, Yeah, yeah. And I, so then I thought of like Ambulance, yes. for, of like a recent one, because Michael Bay is like kind of the, just the more purely action Michael Mann type of thing where there's no melodrama, there's no, you know, well, that's probably- doing a disservice to people so i won't say that but i um, think i'd go with pain and gain pain and gain pain and gain works for sure yeah yeah i don't know but I don't know so why then that just in my head. but then i i was thinking about johnny toe oh. and I, and then i i landed on drug war nice and right. that was the one i think would be a good one and but then i didn't want to stop there I wanted to do a triple feature, <laughs> Drug War, Rush Hour 2, and my Buzz. Is Rush Hour 2 Brett Ratner? It is. Yes. Oh, yeah. But we, there yeah. you go with the vulgar auteurs. Well, uh, there's, the there's true author is Jackie. Jackie is the true author of Rush Hour 2. <laughs> yes. Okay. 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 But um, yeah. 
but because the thing about drug war is it, it works on like kind of a plot level where it's these guys undercover doing the drug bust type of thing, but you don't have the the camaraderie. You don't have the vibes. That's where you, Rush Hour Two comes in, and you got you got Chinese guy, black guy, brothers, and that's Crockett and Tubbs. that leads you to Crockett and Tubbs, and that's pretty go triple feature in my opinion. Very good, very good. Johnny Toe is a guy who. I've only really started to discover in the last year or so, and I'm just oh man, obsessed. the greatest. What what have you watched? Uh, Breaking news. Uh-huh. Um, what else did I watch? Breaking news, and then I watched. There were two that came out. This is an Australian, um, little like a little indie uh, Australian Blu-ray label like popped up pretty recently, and um, they are called. I'm gonna go and get them because I want to. Have them. you watched uh, Exiled yet? Yes, yes. So I watched okay. e- e- Exiled. That might be my favorite action movie ever. Yeah, Ex- Exiled Breaking News um, came out on this thing called the Chameleon Collection in Australia, and they've got a couple. I've of- seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen got- that. I need it. A- I'm not region free yet, so I can't. Yeah, can't the- make the purchase. But, but I saw Breaking News, and I was like, you know, the talk about like if you were charting. The six degrees of separation between all the president's men and heat. It's fucking breaking news. It's like, it's oh, just cool. like, oh my God, the two, my, that's my a good, two that's favorite, a good analogy. My two favorite things, like a, a, like a hard boiled sort of journalism drama and like a high, high concept action. And it, I just was, I was mesmerized. One of my, my buddy Alexi sent me a text and he goes, breaking news will be one of your movies you need to watch it right now i'm like okay okay i got this i got this so yeah johnny toe brilliant and exiled is fucking out of out of control yeah that's that katie have you seen that i haven't it's a uh, johnny toe's a little bit of a blind spot for me but i it's been on my radar for a long time i think you sent me breaking news i i i i was gonna say also um the in the sometimes care packages that i send you i'm going to send you um I'm going to send you the next um, part, which is um, election and election two, which are oh both, baby, which are both coming oh, out, baby um, on the Chameleon Collection. So you have you get, watched those ones, Blake? No, no, no. I've got I'd like because what happened was, and this is like inside baseball, um, they weren't happy with the print of election two, so they pumped the brakes on the release very quickly, and then they've now refreshed it. So they're like election, election two, now fully restored. Um, there was a delay, but now they're coming together. So when I when I get the final copies, Katie, um, I will send you a care package. Yeah, that was so, so excited. Good. Looking forward to it. I know I need to I need to prioritize breaking news um, in my watch list. It's like everything just gets put aside because something else comes up. But I well, you're to talking to people like Bruce Dern and Tilda Swinton and doing 48 yeah. R, R, Triple R like Q and A's. Q and A's. Yeah, you're, you're, you're I know. Busy. I had to I had to put my watch list to the side to to rewatch my bleak week stuff so um so I could get them the program notes so We'll be right back after this quick break. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly, but then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going back to this, going off what you guys were talking about in terms of like releases, like, you know, physical media releases, I just want to briefly touch on some news slash uh, gossip conspiracy theories that are going on with something that we've been following very closely, which is the Black Hat 4K. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, we found it's coming out from Arrow and it's been delayed. But we also feel like there's some little whisperings that maybe it's been delayed because they're going to put uh, the famed FX director's cut Swine on this cut. release. The Swine, Swine cut, cut, Swine cut the, baby. Hacker the hacker cut. cut. Um, Josh Lewis was tweeting about uh, hearing rumblings of a director's cut that's never had an official release before, but he wouldn't say what the movie was. Yeah, being coy. Old Josh, he, while hanging with Sanj, he was like, they'll never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we know what you're talking about, I mean, buddy. I, now I'm like, should I pre-order this thing? Yeah. <laughs> Is it good? Are they going to put the director's I've, cut I've on already there? Pre-ordered, I pre-ordered it in Australia, too. I've already pre-ordered it from my favorite boutique Blu-ray uh, uh, distributor, and it's been delayed, of course, and we thought that it was just a delay in the cover art now folks over on our discord if you're a patreon member you're on our discord we're like tracking the story of like they didn't like the cover art they've gone back to the theatrical cover art and i was just like oh that's a bit boring you know like could, could we could we not have done better than the floating head of chris hemsworth but this is actually genuinely exciting if it's delayed because they're going to put that bad boy out in 4k that it actually becomes like one of the releases of the year because it's been yeah no it's a, like, it's this a is big like, deal it's like legalizing marijuana. Like people have been <laughs> dealing it on the streets. I know. And it's like, now it's like, it's, you can get it legally acquire it. And you're like, you know, and then, and then when we tell our kids about the Swen cut, they'll think we're insane. You know, that's, that's, you know, it's exciting times. Are you a black hat fan, Robert? Oh, big, big time. I will, I will not, I'm not going to pre-order it, but that's only because I wait for sales. Cause that's the art of the deal. Yes, okay. <laughs> I, I, I only I only get deals. Okay, good. So I don't good. pre-order shit. All right, but these I will are, be these getting are these lifestyle tips that you need to be putting on. See what I said about <laughs> go back, go back. Just have another taste. It's like your favorite friend who drinks and they stop drinking. You're like, please, come on, come on. You get oh, you're good. You're good. You're not de- um, completely derailing your whole life. <laughs> <laughs> Have 10 beers and watch Bambi. Is that one of them? I'm going to start writing that, this down. That's, that's, that's the, oh, come on. That's a good I don't night. pre-order anything. That is a good night. you have to have night. the hand gesture because that's. That's the hard deal, baby. Yeah, the deal. It'll be a, a picture, a stock photo of a guy doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um. So that's one of those things I started doing ironically 
And then in my daily life, I'll find myself watching a movie and I'm like, <laughs> just, just looking like really intensely, like that picture of a uh, Lenny from the Simpsons. <laughs> love that. I love that Lenny from the Simpsons <laughs> meme. That's the best. No, I, I, I have the, like, I have the uh, leaning forward really intensely, like on the couch, like, like this. Yeah, yeah. My wife's like, you're right. I'm like, we're, we're in the zone. We're in the zone here. This is we're in the we're in the man zone, baby. We're in the zone. We're in the zone. No, I it, I, I can I can soak in it. Rob, I want to ask you. You you know for for a laugh as a young 11, 12 year old, you're trying to memorize Scarface. Has there been a movie in the last decade that you've tried to memorize? Uh, not okay. Not as like consciously as Scarface, because Scarface. I would like, I would go on uh, soundboards. You know how they had those websites where you can just listen to the sound bites, and I would just listen to the all the clips of like just Tony Montana saying various curses, and like try to like memorize it and like get the accent right with my prepubescent voice. <laughs> and uh so so nothing like that but Bet your like insult game in in school was oh dude fire. i was i was i was, I was brutal <laughs> i was brutal everyone was a cockroach <laughs> i was calling everyone <laughs> can you say it um, for us in the accent fucking cockroach <laughs> And you're like, Robert, get out of class. He said to his poor substitute <laughs> teacher, you just rip into them. And then I said, fuck Gaspar Gomez. Uh, fuck the fucking Diaz brothers. Fuck them all. Nice. And then they're like, you need to go home. You need to go home. Call your mother. You're out, out of here. I need to know what got you, what happened in your childhood? That made you I had a really normal, nice childhood. Yeah. Right. I just like, loved Starface. I just loved Al Pacino. When did I loved you see Starface. it? How did you see it at yes. a young age? Like what made I, so You know what? I, I think it became, I, well, what Pacino pilled me was the Godfather. Okay. That okay. was, I was just like, that's my guy. That's, okay. that's my guy. And then I Scar Scarface became became this thing where it's like that's the movie I need to see. Okay. I don't know how it got in my head as this like that's the thing you need to see that they're not letting you see. Yeah. And then and then I just kind of broke my parents down. They're like, all right. <laughs> and, then, and then I watched Scarface, and then like kind of allowed it to take over my life a little bit as impressionable children do yeah no i mean listen i i batman forever like rewired my batman brain. forever <laughs> batman forever interesting story about that one because that was a very Katie, formative Katie, movie for me has it taken so long for us to get to chase meridian that? how has oh, it taken uh, like uh, come on what is going on right now <laughs> Schumacher is one of my guys. We talk about him oh, all the time. I, I love, I love, I love that her introduction in that movie is basically, "Hello, I'm a doctor and I'm very horny." Like, that's, that's, it. that's her entire character. That's her whole doctor. character. And yes. you know what? We were better as a society yeah. for it. No, but but so Batman Forever for me was that because I somehow we had the tape. And I would just, I watched it and my mom was like, I think this is too violent for, you know, a five-year-old or whatever. <laughs> and so she, 
she gave it to my cousins and uh, she gave it to my aunt was basically like, lose this. I don't want to see it. Like you guys take it, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and so the next day I was like, mom, where's the movie? And she's like, oh, I lent it to your cousins. Don't you think they'd like watching it? Like, don't you want to share it? And uh, thinking I would forget about it. Yeah. Thinking uh, eventually I'll find a new thing. And every fucking day, I was like, when are we getting it back? When are we getting the movie back? When are we getting Batman Forever back? And eventually, she called my aunt. She's like, Ken, just give me the tape. <laughs> He's annoying me, and I, I'm more annoyed no, than I, I care about take... his development. Yeah, I probably didn't she even take like... the tape out of her car. She's yeah, like, all right. Probably not. <laughs> she just drove back. I mean, and then we, we got on a tangent of Batman Forever, but to answer your question, have I recently tried to memorize something? Oh, oh, oh. Like, I'll I'll just watch certain clips of things and just happen to memorize them. Like, mm. I it, there was a certain period in college where if you found me at a party and I had, like, a few too many and I got you in a corner, I might do the Glengarry Glen Ross outfall <laughs> and ruin your night and really annoy you. I would just like, I just got to tell you something real quick. Just cornering my friend. Amazing. Uh, I'll always be closing. Just fucked up. <laughs> That's not a night ruiner. That's a great story. You're like, oh, I thought it, it was awesome. Like, I thought everyone was having a great time. What'd you get up to at that party? Robert cornered me again and, and gave me the Glen Gary. <laughs> <laughs> gave me the Glen Gary. I'm that. teaching them how to be closers. <laughs> um, I can't remember uh, who, where I heard this, but I remember I, recently I heard someone say because like when I think about. Pacino in Godfather and then when I think about like Pacino in Heat or I and they're in between is Scarface I it feels like a completely different actor well that's that's the Baldwin has a great bit about about how there are stages of him yes and now and now the current one he's got sort of a southern type of thing like he's got <laughs> kind of a I do declare Pacino? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got a little bit of a southern twang. But someone was saying that like Scarface like like kind of like broke him a little oh, bit. Oh, that's like, Marin. Like, that was Marin. Marin said Oh yes, Marin said it. Marin yes. said because he saw him uh It was the Austin do... Butler article uh episode, no, right? Yeah, it was, it was that and then he he also referenced it on the Jeremy Strong one too. Okay. But but that, um, he, that he like but always... that that's Marin's observation Theory. yes i don't agree with it you know uh, i don't think I'm, it's I'm, but, but i just think it's the evolution i i think um i i just think he's a really rhythmic actor and yeah. and that's how like i just watched a great clip of him talking about um he loves repetition and and like he, he was talking about doing richard on the stage and uh once he did it the 85th time he find it clicked with him, and that made so that makes so much sense to me. Considering he's an actor who does so much with his hands, there's a, there's a flow like a like a whole. Give me all you like, and then he comes up. You fall in love. Yeah. He'll there's be a, running. There's probably on the door. There's a huge dynamic range in what he's doing, yeah, which course, is like he course. goes soft and loud yeah, yeah. and like close and far and like yeah. operatic and low like he yeah it's i mean but that's 
it is interesting to see him evolve as an actor over the years yeah. because he's Be so wildly different in so many of, of these roles. Well, Scarface is 83. He takes a couple of years. He does Revolution. And then <clears throat> there's like weird, dumb internet rumors. They're like Pacino. The Pacino we knew died and like a guy came in and they replaced, like, him. replaced him in Sea of Love and he was doing something completely different. But it's just like, it's also about like reflexively what's good you know i i was thinking about this the other day talking to a, a couple of our great friends um dan mecker and and connor o'donnell from the b-side podcast and we're talking about russell crowe and i'm just like the guy that he was then like more people wanted that larger than life pacino and so he just was allowed to lean into it like and even in heat which is a stone cold masterpiece you know we heard we learned about the wild ones where pacino will do six takes straight for you giving you every potential piece of color on the character. And then the director goes, yeah, lock it. And then he'll just do like six more takes, absolutely mm. unhinged. And yeah. some of those stay because they're more fun than the straight line reading. And it's like, well, what do you want this guy to fucking do? Like if mm -hmm. he's more entertaining, more engaging, more dynamic when he's hitting these different registers, like not everyone needs to like be really well, quiet and sustained delivery. Like it's not who they are. Like he's, he's got a tenor. It's like, do you yeah, want him to exactly. Be, do you want him to That's, be kind of quiet? Do you want him to be like a quiet, boring devil as John? No, Hilton yeah. He, 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 he said, he said that in interviews line? where he's like, he's like, sometimes you, you gotta go hard to hit the high notes and sometimes yes. you hit them and sometimes you don't, but yes, that's how I do it. Yeah. I think that in the past few years, like people have equated good acting with um, like realism and like sort of lower key kind of like Dummies. quiet performances. Like, like yeah. oh, this person like disappeared into the role or like, you know, it, uh, performances that are like more subtle. And like, I really mm -hmm. do appreciate you know, uh, an Al Pacino going completely over the top or like even like Austin Butler getting like completely broken by being or possessed Jay, by the ghost or of Or Jake Gyllenhaal in the ambulance. Jake Gyllenhaal in yes. anything. Anything. I love, I, I don't really love the movie Prisoners, but my favorite part about that movie is Jake Gyllenhaal and when he's just- He's the best. The he's the he's best. just like, he's doing that soft-spoken voice. He's like, yeah, you like kidnapping girls? Where'd you take them? They were in your van? I know you took them. You were driving, but you weren't driving. Come on, come on. You take those girls. And you just keep repeating. Yeah, you like that? You, and he's got that, you like this? He's got the. He's got <laughs> the. crazier and crazier. Yeah, his fucking mind. I love it. Yeah, I love it. He's he's, he's abs. Uh, that's yeah. I I I I really like prisoners, but my focal character is him. You of know, course. like that movie is really dark and it's a fucking hard watch and. Hugh Jackman is really going for it and it's good and it's got great actors across the board. But Jake Gyllenhaal, I'm obsessed with him in that movie. But it's even like, we're, we're talking about Miami Vice, right? And so it's like, you you can have Louis Tozar being Montoya, who's so deliberate and so calm and so restrained. It's like every sentence that might've had five words has now three. Every you know mm. monologue that is like well, uh, two pages long is like, let's just make it a third of a page because this guy is so much more menacing. And then you have John Ortiz who is fucking chewing the movie up before your eyes and you're like yeah. guess what it's okay to like both and in, right. in yeah. fact it's okay for them to, to coexist because that's the flight like that's who people are like you have really quiet reserved 
folk who you sometimes have to lean in to listen to. And then you have like blustery individuals and like they've both got their own attraction and it's okay to love both. And I love, love both in Michael Mann's stuff. He's okay with like big and small personalities. And I think, you know, Pacino's Lowell Bergman is just, you know, he's, he's look at the register of Lowell Bergman in the insider. Like he's like, goes from like super quiet. That to is, great. that is top five Pacino performance. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. He's unbelievable. <laughs> and when he's berating the, I imagine you going up to someone at a party. I just had like an image of you going up to someone at a party and talking to them. Like he talks to the hotel, um, the hotel rep <laughs> when he's like, what about the fuck? What about the fuck? <laughs> Oh my god. Oh god. Good stuff. Well so so as as the guy the the Michael Mann podcast guy, because obviously there are a lot of Michael Mann guys, but you're the one with podcasts that people listen to. Where mm. what is your favorite what is your favorite one? What is the origin of all this? What what did it for you? Um I the first Michael Mann movie I saw absolutely was Last of the Mohicans because mm -hmm. my um you know, I'm, I'm sure all of our like folks or older siblings, you know, in the VHS days, like it, something would come out of either the cinema or something would come out on VHS. And like parents who've got young kids, they're not necessarily, oh, well, was the 80s and early 90s. So like they could give a fuck. My mom probably smoked three packs of cigarettes and drank the entire pregnancy. And this is what <laughs> happened. But, you know, but, 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 um, but at those times, I remember very distinctly, like when a new release VHS would come out, like the local video store, even a little mom and pop, like close to our house you just the new release would just be on the hook on a friday night right like you're going down there on a friday or saturday night you're picking it up so i watched mohicans a lot and you know at the time it was like the world of dances with wolves so like you see dances with wolves like 25 hours long and you're like jesus christ but it was like a fascinating sort of like neo-western vibe and then i saw mohicans and i was like blown away and it was obviously like it's hyper violent really insanely romantic like this intoxicant perfect structure you know we've done that so that was probably the first movie but truly it was heat and I, I like you robert had that sort of same thing like i watched it there were scenes that were elevated probably all of the ones that the most boring people who like the movie now say are the best yeah. um and yeah. and then after a while um it was kind of like heat and then it was it was a, kind of in my mind and then like weirdly the insider was monstrous like it was it, obviously it was a behemoth in the awards talk but it was just around it was just a great movie and it just took back to coming back to heat and me fully connecting with all of Michael Mann movies. And so then from that time, it was kind of like seeing every Michael Mann movie in a theater, probably from, um, probably from like, uh, Ali onwards. Um, but I mm -hmm. always just kept coming back and I, the same thing, you know, it's so cool that you guys met at Chapman and, and I just remember being in a film class and being a film geek in those classes and everyone's talking about the French new wave and, you know, Iranian cinema and Romanian cinema. And I'm like, yeah, because what, how good's heat, huh? And, um, <laughs> and a lot of these folk were just like fucking heat, like get over it, you know? And I'm like, no, I won't, I, ref I would flat out refuse. And, and so right from that moment, it kind of crystallized. I'm like, I know a lot of you guys are dismissing it. Oh, it's a Hollywood blockbuster. And everyone was just going through this like anti-Hollywood phase as I think sometimes you have to do when you're going, you be journey to become a cinephile. But for me, that's what it was. It was like every single time, the more deep that I got into like, you know, I was doing deep research about film 
theory and postmodernist like um, uh, 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 postmodernist theories are just about art in general and all this sort of stuff. And the deeper I got, the more resonant frequencies that this packaged Hollywood blockbuster had for me and the more layers I kept seeing to it. And so then it just mm-hmm. became a salve. Like you said, I just need a little, just need a little taste of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'd watch, you know, seven random movies from either new Hollywood or whatever. And I just kept coming back to heat and I would just see, you could almost see the lineage of all of these, both philosophical, formal, you know, um, and gestural stuff from an acting perspective, like seeing the acting lineage in the movie music. And it just kept getting higher and higher. And I know it's such a weird and dumb thing to say, but it's like, I could never purge heat from my system. No. And the only way to do that was an insane exercise <laughs> such as one heat <laughs> minute. It was like, literally how the fuck do I get it out of my system? And that's what I've learned. It's like with some of my favorite movies, I become so clinically obsessed with them. It's still sort of that like childlike. So, so are you, are you now sick of heat? Are you over it now? Or are you still free? No, now it's sacred. Okay, now it's okay. It's it's now like I have to, I want to watch it in very specific things. I actually don't like watching it at home as much. Like I'll wait for a rep screening and especially um, there's a couple of really great rep houses in Sydney and um, the Randwick Ritz is fantastic. My favorite is the Hayden Orpheum, which is this beautiful art deco cinema. So if you guys are ever in Oz and Katie, I'm going to say when you come to Oz, we're going to that theater because it's my favorite in Sydney. Um, But if they're like playing a, you know, there was the 4K transfer, which I'm like, yeah, fine. But the 35 mil print of heat, oh baby. I'm like, where yeah. is it playing? I'm fucking there. Like that's, and so I, it's not completely gone, but it's almost like I needed to, I needed to dissect it. I, it was almost like you're, you're like an architect that goes into like a, a house that has been completely designing. You're like gutting it and you got to rip all the cornices off and like rip the roof off and like figure it all out and then like remap yeah. and put it all back together. And that's how I've had to do it. But I, it's absolutely peerless. The thing now that happens though, Rob, like your, you know, some level of impatience with people changing the letterbox posters to bad choices. Mine is just when people are like, so what's the deal with hate? just anyone and i'm just like do people still do that yes yes they do Uh. i'm infuriating presences on social media like have those exact phrases and i'm like can you stop it's been done it's been litigated the case is won you know i did i did see it i i saw uh, i i made and i made a comment about it and then uh, anyway i saw someone i know someone i know who i think is a dumbass logged heat on letterbox with like three stars and and this person who i know you don't okay so before you make any judgments on me (laughs) i know this person this person like made uh it was like perfect cinematography perfect acting perfect score perfect writing i just don't like the treatment of the women and it's like and he gave it a three stars like you're being disingenuous like yes. that is just such bullshit. If you can't call it all perfect and then say this thing, three stars. If this was a man or a male was a man. identified was a man. person, which I could yeah. have predicted from this <laughs> review. <laughs> yes. That just like screams of performative 
Of course. Whatever. Like, not of even course. allyship because it's no, like. No, it's just bullshit. You just yeah. look like a fucking dumbass. It's amazing <laughs> when I have to, like, tell um someone, like, a, um like, I was talking to someone about Bo is Afraid, and they were yeah. like, well, isn't this kind of, I don't want to, Blake, if you haven't seen it, I don't know I if you've seen, seen it. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it either. Oh, okay. Well, someone was like, don't you think it's like a little misogynist? Because like, and I'm like, no, like, I, I, I think all the women in that movie are, have agency. And so it's yeah. like, whether they're like, women don't need to be represented as like perfect angels. I feel like they need to be represented as like having their own choices and their own, um, you know, like, uh, power to make decisions. But it's like, I just think I'm like, but women can be like mean and nasty. And I don't find that to be a misogynistic sure. representation. But um, no. it is it's like, I, I don't like when someone's like, Oh, I don't like the treatment of women in Michael Mann films. It's like, well, you're not really digging into like what these female characters are doing, or, sure. um, you know, like how they function in the story. Like, I feel like they're adult women who have and sometimes they're children as well. But like, like they they have agency and choices and sometimes they are being strung along by a man but like they're all trying to like figure things out and they are like you know they're well-rounded characters for yeah, the most for, part of course and even then it's like it's not an invalid criticism but for, for me that particular example is just saying everything is perfect and then that one thing it's just like you're full of shit yeah, yeah just... i just i think is there anything more insulting than a three-star review on like what is objectively a five-star movie yeah. It's like something about the three stars like that. really annoys me. Yeah. It's like what? Like it's so banal. I don't know. It's like give it I two agree. stars or five. Just back to Heat and Michael Man. I just then became obsessed. And you know, I've heard some people, um, the guys who used to do the James Bonding podcast, Matt Gawley and Co. Um, used to say like even when it's a bad James Bond movie, it's a James Bond movie. And I just love that of ethos course. of like, it's like, you know, with the with a Tony Scott movie or a Michael Bay movie, it's like, if, if that's your jam and like with Michael Mann, he's my guy. So it was always like, even one of the movies that absolutely doesn't resonate with me, me. And as you said before, Rob, it's like, sometimes you're like, it does, I don't connect with it, but that's my problem. Like he's an artist mm. that I really love and respect. I love so much of his work. Yeah. If there's a movie that doesn't click with me, it comes around and it's like even we were talking about black hat and the covers and stuff like that and the swen cut and like the first time i saw black hat i was like that one's not for me but it's not a bad movie i know I, there's some things i love in it and i'm like but it just didn't connect with me like the laser fucking guided michael mann movie like even public enemies clicked with me ali i fucking cry every time i watch that movie all three versions yeah, of that fucking the movie. only the only one i would say is a bad movie is the keep yeah. Oh come on! That's not Keep fair. sucks. I no, hate it. The doesn't. It's boring. It's bad. It's also that that's the hardest one to be like objectively if you didn't like it, because who knows how much of that is even really what he intended oh, yeah, based on yeah, everything. Of course, like yes, of it course. was the most um, butchered. I don't but, blame him for it. But right. but. You know, friend of the show, Meg Abbott said, the keep should never be watched digitally. You should only be hand, you should find a, a cassette in a shed and pick <laughs> it up and not know what's on it and then put it in. And it's like the yeah. ring video. Like that's the- Okay, way I like that. I like that. I can, I can, I can get behind that 100%. <laughs> Your aunt comes back with Batman forever and in the case is the keep. That's what happened yes, to you with a exactly. child. Yes, <laughs> Boom. Um. That's not fair. I, I, yeah, I don't. I I think we have you to like the key. put uh, ten. <laughs> we'll ten, have a different podcast about that. 
Yeah. I like the keep. I I will next time next time it's playing on a print, I will go see it. Yeah. I mean, you just have to know that it's like it has all these issues with like sure. how it was made, but um I I appreciate the uh I appreciate the visuals. Oh. I think it's beautiful and the themes and stuff, but yeah, it has issues, but yeah, watch it on a tape that you find in the forest. <laughs> yeah, only in the forest when you're foraging. <laughs> um but yeah, so like that's that's why I feel like and, and a lot of the flicks that we do. And Miami Vice is the one so far in Michael Mann. It's not to say that I'm sick of, but like my, Miami Vice is such a vibe movie that I constantly love revisiting it with Katie and our guests because that's the movie that's mm. like such a comfort. And as you said, you could just slice it up. I love how you said first 30, but for me, the first 30 is almost more of a trap than later bits. Like if you just caught like some of it on streaming or mm-hmm. you're like half watching, you turn it on. Cause if I hear numb encore drop, I'm saying like, yeah. it's over yeah. like that, that two hours is gone. And so I just yeah, go, yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I'll surrender to whatever plan I had. Oh, you've got seven podcasts to edit. Who gives a shit? I'm watching my own <laughs> stay up till four in the morning. Editing. How, how big into the show were you? Like in Australia, it had a, um, not the best like uh what do you call it like syndication like not the best sort of syndication like we did i didn't Mm. see much of it and then again in um when i was going through like my real michael mann head phase i watched like two or three seasons of it i got two or three seasons on dvd that i watched pretty regularly and um was like kind of mapping out the chunks very nerdily about like the things that had resonated and carried through to the movie as part of a big bit of research that I was doing, but I wasn't like, I, um, like my parents went into it or anything like that. And I kind of was like, it just skated by me. I was a little bit too young at the time to be really into it. But, um, since then I've gone back and watched, watched them periodically. And now I actually want to upgrade and I'm, I'm, I'm the art of the deal. I'm waiting for a sale because it's really, <laughs> expensive. It's really yes. expensive. Um, the whole collection on Blu-ray that you can get. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't gone back in a few years to, to check out all of the episodes. I haven't been as obsessed. What about you? Uh, the only time I've really ever watched it was I was at a friend's apartment and he had it on in the background while we yeah. were having drinks. Yeah. Katie, what about you? I feel like you watched a lot of it. No, no, no not really. Actually, <laughs> I, I think I was also a little bit too young for like to be into the series when it was on. I mean, obviously yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember it was like a cultural phenomenon. Yeah, sure. Um, but um, I've seen a few episodes uh, early episodes of it i actually saw watched it in grad school which is when i first saw miami vice movie with um my professor todd boyd who i've talked about on this podcast but he showed um uh, uh the pilot of miami vice and then the movie of miami vice like, oh, nice. in class one day yeah and so that's that was the first sick, that's sick sick double face you'd love todd boyd he's the best <laughs> he's such a get character. him on the pod get him I on know, the I get him on the air to him. We've, we've been trying we've been trying to get him on the pod for a while because katie tells these stories what was his uh what was that um course that you his- did Okay, so the, the class sense. was called um, Reagan's America, parentheses, Crack Nation. Um, <laughs> and we just watched, uh, we read books about Reagan, like huge, thick books about Reagan, and then watched movies about drug dealers. And it was amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's <laughs> that's riding your That's right in your wheelhouse. Yeah. And he, he has given himself the nickname, the Notorious PhD. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is, is he a white dude? 
No, okay, cool. Never mind. I was like, that's a corny white dude thing to say, but it, no, it, he's it he's like a very fly black man. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's got great style. Love yeah. that man so much. Yeah. So Robert, I know. what's We're, your? We got to get him on. What's your? What is your favorite man movie now? Still oh, it's Heat. Heat. A hundred percent. Heat and uh, the top three is Heat, Insider, Miami Vice. Oh. But Thief is climbing the ranks. Yes. Because the first time I watched Thief, I was like, this is good. It's a first film, though. I was just like, now it's like another one where it's like I'm thinking about it all the time. I'm thinking about James Conn in it all the fucking time. Just the opening, just watching them crack into the safe. It's just, you just yes. vibe it. Or yeah. specifically, the, the my favorite part of the movie is the end where he just goes full bozo mode. And yeah. he's like, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. Tells his wife, get the fuck out. <laughs> fuck you. Blows up his dealership. <laughs> Blows up the bar. I'm letting... Full bozo. I'm letting that's this like me. Every time in my life, I'm just like, should I just... Should I do that? Should I fucking... Should I, I, I think that there should be a subscription to Rob retelling what happens in movies with yes. a beer. Like, because he's like, so anyway, James Khan is cracking says it's fucking full vibing anyway. And at the end, full bozo mode, he tells his wife, get the fuck out he's of here. He's like, get out of here, you fucking bitch. Um, that's Just your like, podcast, Rob, and you can do it that'd be Lex, good. Lex G style. Oh, Lex G oh, style. Oh, no, I would, I would never do anything to overshadow the king. No, 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 no. I understand. All respect, to, all, all respect to Lex G. There's no yeah, and by the way, if I've said Lex G terms like Bozo Mode and Sheen, comes from him. Just know that. Him. Gotta, give, give, gotta give him the credit. No, we give him yeah. the respect. We we love Alex G. We love Alex G. Yeah. In fact, I've tried to reach out to him a couple of times because I'm like, do you want a pod? Like, it might be fun. Meeting him. He would never. Me, he would absolutely never no, take but- it. No, he, he no. hasn't said yet. He's never said. And that. then, and then, and then, and then, I'm only saying this because I doubt he listens. But he will, he will say no or just not respond. And then months later, get drunk and then tweet, "No one wants to help me." <laughs> I know. We we love <sighs> Lex G. Uh, we yeah. wish him the best. Uh, hope you're well, Lex G. Yes, hope you're doing well. We yes. give all respect. Uh, hope the podcast is going to continue and yes. um, uh, he, he does his bits uh, and no one else does it the way he does no. it. No. They try, they, they try, try, but no one, no one can no take one does it, it no. like, like Lex. And he is one of the sharpest uh, and most astute like chroniclers and analyzers of like the very Absolutely. weird sort of Absolutely. film nerd ecosystem that we find ourselves in. Um, and that has like forged our our friendships and our relationships. But yeah, he's very, uh, he is, no one does it better than him. No one breaks that scene down better than him. Yeah, we need him. We need him. I know. Just I like know. we need Robert back. Yes. On Robert, any, any, uh, back on Twitter. And, and back here. I'm and still here. on. I'm still on. No, but come on. Just give us a taste, you know? Give us the first 30 minutes of a, of a rant. I want to get in on that shit. It's like a drug. He'll be back once he recovers from the Clint Eastwood uh, fake yeah. account. Um, you know what's so weird. funny about that? He was coming for me all day and then followed me. <laughs> that account followed. I was like, what just happened? <laughs>
This is so weird. In like two weeks, you're going to get a phone call from Clint Eastwood and we want you right. back on the show to talk all about it. <laughs> Man, thank you so much for being a part of the show and coming in um, to our roster. I know that um, we've been talking about you for some time coming on the show and we've just been trying to find a time. So it's really awesome to to connect. And uh, this well, has been super, this has this been super so fun. fun. This has been super fun. Thank you so much. Um, and for embracing the fucking absolute wild digressions that this show can go on. We appreciate you. I I just hope I didn't bring more than normal. I hope this was just like a normal Miami nice episode. Yeah, it's enough. It's perfect. It's, okay. all, it's all vibes. We talked about the movie the right amount. Yeah. there wasn't there's too no, much batman forever content no, there's, <laughs> there's not never enough. too much batman forever there's content. never enough and i'm so mad that we haven't gone down the chase meridian rabbit hole and now i know what the next patreon podcast with katie and i is yes i just want to yeah, talk dude. all about chase meridian with katie i just want to talk about i mean i just want to talk about uh chris o'donnell as robin because mm. literally oh my god him in that doing movie. laundry doing like, laundry i bet that got you hot listen <laughs> me seeing the kiss from a rose video when i saw oh Chris baby donald in the kiss from a rose video literally like i started puberty <laughs> yeah sure like it, sure. my body was like okay that's <laughs> that's what's up <laughs> well, one last tangent while we're up back on the batman for everything we talk about like memorizing things and like dialogue there's been a, a jim carrey riddler line that's been in my head where uh all right get it out, get it end, out. where he 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 calls batman freak he, he I, I, I forget what the context is but like it's like comma freak like he's like yeah what is that freak like, he calls it it's been in my head for so I, long, just him calling Batman a freak is really Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones both need like retroactive Oscars for their performances. Oh. Apparently, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones hates him. He did, yeah. yeah. He said, yeah. I will not stand this <laughs> just because he was annoying him. I will not, which is hilarious. I love that. Yeah. You know what? If the Oscars had any balls whatsoever, the real Oscars for that movie would go to one Sugar and Spice and Michael Mann along oh, Debbie Mazer and Drew Barrymore for their essential performances. Um, Absolutely. So exciting. But look, man, thank you okay. so much for being a part of the show. Okay. You're the best. I appreciate you for coming on the show. Katie, thank you so much for- Thanks for having me. Bringing a student, a student yes. of cinema. And I feel like we got the lesson. Yes, we did. We learned so much. Deals. I learned deals. from you. I learned from Ev my students. So thank you. It's all about the deals. You're the best. <laughs> yeah. All about the deals, baby. Bye. like such a 20th century movie it feels like something david lean would have done or tried to do uh when he still had that kind of currency and even then he might not have succeeded it's incredible because like if you if you don't have time to watch all five seasons of lost you can just watch fearless <laughs>
not a week goes by that I don't think of the ending of Gallipoli. It's left a mark. A uh, year of living dangerously. Uh, you know, and then something like Last Wave, even that's so uh, deeply embedded with the land and the story of the land, the story of the place. You know, I don't know that I'd seen very many movies at that point in my life that had such a down ending and they had such a, you know, sort of strong sense of folklore uh, 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 attached to it as that. And something always so poetic and lyrical about Peter Weir's work. Gallipoli was the first movie that ever traumatized me, and I don't think I ever really recovered from it. <laughs> and I'm still upset that they played it in school. Like, I don't think it's actually possible to make an, they say it's not possible to make an anti-war movie, but I think Peter Weir pulled it off. Because yes. no one watches that movie then thinks, I want to go to war. Uh, Peter Weir is the greatest director that Australia has ever produced. Like, bar none, hands down. Like, no yeah. one else is even in the room. I think you have covered some really titanic filmmakers and some really titanic films so far. But I, I truly think what makes Peter Weir special and what makes you doing this one special is we don't talk about Peter Weir that way. And we should. Peter Weir is one of those guys who I don't get why he isn't a bigger name why he isn't more in that rarefied air yes. because i think film for film he's one of our very best filmmakers he has brought his a game repeatedly to <laughs> many properties there are films of his that i hold very dear fearless uh you know uh, the mosquito coast i will fight somebody if they talk bad <laughs> about the mosquito coast it's man i love that movie but in general i just think he is a special filmmaker, a smart, lyrical, um, hallucinatory filmmaker. He's a very dreamy filmmaker, and I don't think he gets his due. You know, Master and Commander is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, you know, it's, uh, easily one of the best movies of the last 20 years. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's a grand scale. There's a historical backdrop to it, but at the same time, there's a, such an intimacy in the relationships. Uh, which I think is not just a great film, and one of the last great epics in the truest sense. Um, I, I think is actually kind of a sliding doors change point moment in, in cinema history. I think 2003, when that comes along and it is a an old fashioned, you know, we don't make them like that anymore type film. I think if Master and Commander spawns a franchise at that point, the entire cinema landscape globally is completely different. That That's the movie that I wanted to see 10 of those, you know, uh, yeah. and yeah, I know they're big fans of Fast and Furious and everything, and God bless you, but Master and Commander <laughs> should have been. It's one of those things, again, I I am not, uh, I'm not a seafaring man, sir, <laughs> but there is a sense of authenticity. There's a sense of really watching a, a genuine dedication to recreating history unfold on a big screen in front of you that can't help but inspire just genuine admiration and awe. If you're gonna pick a film where he really brings every one of his skills to the table, it's Master and Commander. I think you picked the right one, man. Yeah, very excited to see what you you pull, you pull out of this, Blake. That's right. Our next series is Peter Weir and Russell Crowe's Master and Commander. The series is called Podcaster and Commander.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.